all, a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks you can only find semen in boats. Welcome back to Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane, and on this week's show, I'll be looking at dry orgasms, mm. chatting all things vulvo vaginal care with Lindsay Wynne, and seeing what you said when I asked all you pervs for your best and weirdest orgasm stories. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, or at least subscribe. And I hope you're ready, because I'm about to go straight to the climax. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Okay, quick question. Have you got dusty balls? No, I don't mean the chint your nan left you in a will. No, I mean the phenomena that has been given the dainty title that when someone with a penis orgasms but nothing comes out, that is now being called Dusty Balls thanks to a a pretty famous TV show. I know, ladies, I know we're all thinking the same. Is he faking it? Uh, who is to say? (laughs) But this is a real phenomenon. It's known as a dry orgasm. Or if you want to be specific about it, it's an ejaculation, not uh, an ejaculate. It's a an ejaculation. That's that's the scientific word. You, you can go and see it read on Metro. It's fine. Gigi Ungle, a ACS certified sexologist and three fun sex and relationship expert, tells Metro.co.uk that whilst usually experienced simultaneously, orgasming and ejaculation are actually two separate bodily functions. So that means that men can orgasm without ejaculating, just like women. Gigi says that it's usually not cause for concern, but it might be a side effect of another health issue. And hey, look, like anything new and weird that happens to your body, it's always best to get it checked out. But also, don't panic. The truth is dry orgasms may be more common than you expect. Some people may experience it regularly, while some people only occasionally and others not at all, says our Gigi. And why? <laughs> Basically, babes, bodies are complicated. <laughs> there is more information over at metro.co.uk. Just look for the article. We all want to know why men get dry orgasms. But obviously, not before you've listened to my chat with this week's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, gays and nays, anyone who has suffered from yeast infections and UTIs will tell you that it's not a pleasant experience. Not only can they be irritating and painful, but the medical options can seem at best confusing and at worst seem to do more harm than good. Here to talk to me about how she used her frustrating journey with recurrent UTIs to set up her own line in Volvo Vaginal Care Products, it's the creator of Momotar. Apotheca, Lindsay Wynn. Hello, Lindsay. Gosh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I have to admit, I've never heard such a joyful 
intro around yeast infections. It's very refreshing. (laughs) (laughs) Normally when I'm talking about irritating cunts, I've gone into politics. So this is... (laughs) That's true. At least we can do a little bit more ourselves about you know, the latter ourselves, right? Taking control, definitely. And now to start the interview, I'd love to say that I start all interviews like this, but you are the first. So please, Lindsay, tell me about your history with yeast infections. Gosh, I know. Uh, Well, you know, trigger warning is a little bit spicy of a story because it has to be if you're working in vulvovaginal vaginal health. I don't think anybody who gets into this industry is like, you know what I feel really passionate about is yeast infections, at least not if you if you haven't gone through it. So long story short, about six, seven years ago, I had a new romantic partner and I was 27 and we were hiking in the forest and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, so fun. We're so hot, sexy, young, cool. We see this hot spring And at the time, I had a penetrative partner, and we had sex in a hot spring. Highly don't recommend. Sounds hot. It's not. A lot of bacteria floating around in those places. Um, And so, of course, I got a yeast infection from fucking Satan himself. And, yeah, that's really where the story starts. And, you know, there's there's kind of a few things baked into that, right? Like, you want to do the thing because it sounds cool, fun, and hot. I knew probably in my gut I shouldn't do this thing that was going to give me a yeast infection. Or, you know, at the time I didn't know that that's what it was going to be, but I felt kind of pressured. I wanted to be cool and I didn't want to admit that there could potentially be something wrong with my vagina, right? We're told we need to be these like precious, perfect bodies. Um, and of course, all of my fears were fulfilled. And yeah, that yeast infection, I didn't really know what to do. I went straight to the pharmacy, got the -the over-the-counter medicines, fluconazole, azole options. Um, From there, you know, you go to your OB-GYN and it it became cyclical. Yeast infection turned into BV, BV turned into UTIs, UTIs turned into kidney infections, which then turned into yeast infections again. And so I ended up having six to eight months of just these like recurrent vulvovaginal health issues that beyond the physiological discomfort became these really like emotionally debilitating issues. I was depressed. I was, you know, so self-conscious. It affected, you know, nearly every part of my life. Um, Not to mention Mm. as you go through that much different medication, it exacerbates so many other parts of your, of your health. That is in. I mean, it sounds like it should be on the bonus episode of Fifty Shades of Grey or something. It's we are so. It is. It is, and you know, it's funny. As you go, of course, I did this kind of like you know uncouth thing by fucking in a hot spring. But then, then all of these things started to trigger my infections, right? And and that's really where we get to the story of Momotaro and how we tend to help everybody. It's like okay. I did yoga and I was sweaty. I rode my bike in jean shorts that were too tight. Like I used a lube that disrupted my pH. Like I wore a swimsuit all day. There are so many other things that then began to play in the cycle because my vaginal microbiome um, was not in a healthy, steady state. And so like anything became an issue and especially sex. And that's where it's like, yeah, like, you know, condoms, uh, certain toys, all these things. Like if if we're having sex we should be talking about this stuff. If we are, you know, doing exercise, we can be talking about this stuff. There's so many wells that lead to the same river of vulvovaginal health. 
Yeah, and we don't seem to learn any of them in sex education. I knew about STIs from age 11, and then I didn't realise there was such a thing as BV until I was 38. Like, it's... We're just not taught these kind of things. And then if you are uncomfortable, if you do feel irritated, if you do get any of the symptoms of any anything like that, of any of these very common issues, you just think, well, that's because I'm dirty. That's because, and you, you just go straight to shame. So what happened for you when you were going through all of these terrible symptoms and, and all these, you know, these things that, that are common for a lot of people, but can be so debilitating. What was it that made you then go, I can do something? Yeah, well, you know, you you know, it's like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, right? I can only go to the doctor and the chemist so many times and not receive the care I need or have access to the products that are actually helping me without eventually having to be like, oh my God, this isn't working. What can I do? And, mm. um, you know, so, uh, you know, of course, I looked into naturopaths, like all the alternative types of medicine, so many other different types of women's health clinics, et cetera. But I really, of course, as so many of us do, turn to Google. So I turned myself into mm. this like vaginal health DIY project. Like if you can Google it, I can, I have done it, which again is another highly do not recommend because the internet's <laughs> a scary place. And like, you know, I was shoving garlic up my vaginal canal. I was making like yogurt soaked tampons and, you know, green tea calendula vulva mask was like having to like lay on my shoulders wow. and like, just really like unsustainable and like unsexy stuff that like in the modern world, you shouldn't be having to do right. Like it's, yeah. it's not sustainable to bring like a yogurt and and soak it and you're in a bathroom somewhere and you're like needing to go to or from work or to a partner's house like it doesn't feel good it doesn't you know like in so many ways like physiologically and then like yeah emotionally and so I was just mm. as I started to explore some of these uh, like alternative therapies there were some things that I came across in my research and I'm, I'm very lucky my my business partner's background is in biomedicine. We looked um, into so many plants that had clinical studies against them, um, which we include in our ingredient decks now and in a lot of our products. So we're like, let's do this ourselves. There are things, what is the product that you do want? You know, what is easy to use? What is affirming? Like going to the feminine care aisle never felt good to me. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like my vagina needed to have like a pink pussy hat on it. Right. Like it's wasn't this gendered thing and, and the products and kind of culture I was leaning on to help me solve these issues really took away my ability to actually talk about them correctly. So using anatomically correct language, um, feeling affirmed that like my symptoms and my body parts uh, were valid rather than like something to be afraid of. So we began to bake all of these ideas into what Momotaro Apotheca is now. Um, so tell me a bit about Momotaro. What is what are the products that you that you specialize in, and who are the people who you think would benefit from them? So I mean, we make all sorts of products now. Like what started as a necessity for me has turned into a global brand that addresses all types of vulvovaginal health. So we make non-gendered products for bacterial vaginosis, UTIs, yeast infections, lichen sclerosis, irritation from sex, clothing, exercise, pH imbalance, and 
the goal there is again, like to give people a solution to their discomfort, to their irritation, and to even their acute symptomatic infections that are easier to use, that are preventative as well, right? Like so much mm. of what's given to us now is like a post-acute a post -acute symptomatic solution. It's like, okay, I have a yeast infection now. Now I can solve it. But there are so many signs and so many triggers that we experience, people with vaginas, ahead of time that I'm like, oh, I can do something before I get to that full discomfort. And then I can go on with my day, my date, whatever it is, and not have to worry about that. So we're really making preventative and prophylactic care products as well, just so you know, people with vaginas don't have to deal with this bullshit and it's so common. So that's, that's really the goal for us. What are some of the signs and triggers that people can start looking out for? Yeah. I mean, it depends. It totally depends what your uh, particular issue is, right? Like for a lot of people with say, let's just go with a yeast infection. You, you usually feel a little bit of inflammation first. You can feel it around uh, the entrance of your vaginal canal. And if, if you don't know the difference, there's actually a difference between the vagina, which is, um, again, the canal that, that is the opening internal part of your body, and then the vulva, which is the outside exterior genitalia, um, labia minora, majora, clitoris, et cetera. So you, you start to feel that inflammation. Um, that's totally one. Any sort of discomfort and itching as well, that's another. That can happen from micro-tearing. It can happen from the use of tampons. It can happen from penetrative sex. It can happen from your blood, right? Your blood is a different pH than your, vag your vaginal pH. And so sometimes that causes itching and irritation. And and then sometimes can lead into a full-blown infection, whether it's BV or a yeast infection, something like that. So Anytime you have those those big three for us, itching, inflammation, or irritation, use these products. Um, that's that's my biggest recommendation. Or if you are somebody who knows like your trigger, right? Penetrative sex, a condom, a lube, like every single time, just use it after and you don't have to worry about it. It's no different than drinking water, peeing after sex, using face moisturizer, putting Neosporin on a cut because you don't want it to get infected. It's the same idea. So the website said they're clean and natural products. So they're made with organic materials. What were the discoveries that you made to find them? Because it seems like wild that we are still very reliant on harsh chemicals for such a delicate area. <laughs> and so when it comes to finding clean, natural, organic materials, where did you start? Yeah, well, so our company is based in Portland, Oregon. Um, so there's like the largest naturopathic society and college like in the world there, which is cool. So we had a ton of access to uh, professionals could, who could help us do early formulations. And basically what we did um, I knew that, again, these a lot of these Western hardcore pharmaceuticals were actually exacerbating my conditions, which, you know, are clinically studied. I can send these, um, you know, a lot of this information to, to people because we like people to know that even though we're certified organic and plant-based, we're, we're backed in science, right? Science, um, you know, plant-based products exist out there. Plants are very powerful. So we started to look at these, ingre these ingredients, you know, and, and a lot of people would recognize them like echinacea. Echinacea can be applied... Um, ingested, but it can also be applied topically. So like for micro tearing, that's really, really powerful. Let's heal the micro tear so bacteria isn't getting into our system and disrupting it. Or let's say Oregon grape and golden seal that has an active constituent called berberine in it, which is an incredibly power 
powerful antimicrobial, antifungal um, that can address both yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis, which is pretty amazing. So we really looked and did a ton of research into these plants that were clinically backed and wanted to combine and make these like super products, right? Like something that addressed everything that I, I needed without having to go to the chemist for five different things for three different issues. So we wanted to make these really like powerhouse packed products. And a lot of it's really old school medicine, like really digestible, easy to read ingredients. Calendula is another one that's incredibly soothing and has clinically backed properties that say like, hey, this is going to soothe and, you know, help with inflammation and make this body part, skin irritation feel better. How do you start testing stuff like that? Were you doing it again on your own body or were you able to find some more willing volunteers? It definitely all started with me. You know, this has been a really long process. We're a small company, totally bootstrapped. But as we began to talk with individuals in our community, we were able to, people were like raising their hand. They're like, I have, you know, one of the first people we worked with had interior vaginal eczema, you know, which is incredibly, incredibly painful or lichen sclerosis. And they needed a lot of the same therapeutic properties for potentially different issues. And so we gave this to anybody and everyone who would ask. And at this point we were still basically making this stuff in our, we were in our kitchen, like boiling it. I was selling it in, in a tin can, not even selling it, like giving it away just so people could try it. And we had incredible, like immediate results. The, the salve, which is our hero product, uh, is essentially the same from seven years ago when we first started putting this together because we put years and years of work into it. I love the sound of that because I was looking through the products and the salve just looks like it's one of those things where you can just pop it in your purse and you've got it for all occasions because I know when my triggers are happening I know that my periods will start upsetting everything and it's starting to get itchy and you know it's like oh my god I've given up do you did you find that there were other women who were just like this is my lot in life I get these symptoms. I just have to put up with it. And that's it. Yeah. People don't realize that they don't have to be in pain. They like, mm. we get some of the people that are like, oh no, I'm fine. I don't get these infections. But then you end up talking with them. And they're like, oh gosh, yeah, my periods are so uncomfortable. Like I just like don't even want to leave the house. Mm. And, and our team, we were just on this little team retreat together everyone's like, yeah, man, when I'm having a hard day and work is hard, we go in and read reviews. And a lot of the reviews speak to that. They're like, oh, I just thought there was nothing that was going to fix me. And I felt gross and I felt embarrassed. And then I found your products and like, they've changed my life. I mean, they come with me everywhere because of that. I'm like, you know, I'm in Florida right now. It's very hot, very sticky. I'm wearing a wet swimsuit. And I'm like, this is, this is literally what yeast infections are made of. And so, <laughs> yeah, I just really, I, I feel really, really grateful that, that I have something and other people have something now as well to look to. Now, speaking of things that we can do to prevent them, what are some of your top pieces of advice to prevent yeast infections, BV? What are some of your top tips? Yeah, there's so many lifestyle tips that you can, that you can use beyond using products, right? Um, I, I'm a big fan of sleeping naked. This one, like let your vulva breathe. We wear tight clothes and tight underwear all day long. That if you have, if you can, or if you're comfortable, definitely wear loose fitting clothing or naked if possible. Second, um, that goes back to the underwear. Like 
I like a good slutty polyester underwear from now and again, but they're not great for you. They're not breathable. I, I now joke that I have these like hot kind of 80s granny panty thongs that are 100% organic cotton. That has been really helpful for me as well because they don't keep like moisture tight to your vulva. That's a big one. Uh, probiotic for me is huge. Uh, there's so much science around that our gut immune and vaginal microbiome are all connected. So we make a probiotic that addresses all three of those elements. Um, and that's been, that's been huge. There's so many third-party factors that disrupt our vaginal microbiome and gut microbiome. Having something that helps strengthen that every single day is really important. Um, pee after sex, of course, flush out all that bacteria. If you're someone that does get chronic UTIs, um, a bladder and urinary tract support supplement is always really nice to add into it. Um, whether it's cranberry, marshmallow, root, uva ursi, there's a ton of those. Um, we, we again make a supplement that includes a lot of the very traditional um, ingredients you would see like cranberry and demonose, but then also adds a lot of uh, a few different things that address some of the new science for uh, the bacterial resistant strains that are happening that are kind of becoming more and more common as we prescribe antibiotics so much more heavily. Um, I think diet um, is really important. Um, I know, especially for people who are uh, recurrent yeast infection folks, uh, like there's the candida elimination diet, but that doesn't feel super sustainable to me. So, you know, good leafy greens, as little sugar as possible, especially if you're going through an episode, that's always really important. Um, but you know, you're, you're basic, you're basic, healthy, eat as healthy as you can, um, without, without being toxic about it. Um, I derive a ton of joy from food, um, which I think is really important. It makes me happy. I love cooking. Um, and just so try and incorporate, um, diverse ingredients into your, into your meals if you can. And those are, those are probably my top tips. I'm sure I have more. I love a top tip. I love a takeaway. I love it when we can give our listeners a takeaway. <laughs> now, when you're setting up, a, there's a lot of taboos that come with anything to do with feminine care or feminine toys. We've spoken to people who, even when they've come to making sex toys for women, have been branded health and leisure. They can't possibly for, be for feminine care and feminine joy and anything like that. So when it comes to creating these products, um, uh, did you find any challenges? Were there any taboos that came up when it came, like, say, for looking for investment or anything? Was there anything that you had to face where that just made you realise what a fucked up, misogynistic world we live in? Or is that too much of a loaded question? No, that's not loaded. <laughs> that's like every single day of my life still. I mean, it's a huge part of it's a huge part of the culture of this business. It's a huge part of like like both internally and externally as a brand, right? Like we, you know, 50, mm. more than half of our team is queer. Um, again, we don't use like words like feminine care because we, you know, we serve as a huge uh, trans population. And, and so talking about those issues have, has always been core to our brand. Um, mm. And so you immediately putting a target on your back, like when you're supporting LGBTQ issues and you're supporting other conversations, all these like around, you know, sex, gender, race, socioeconomic positions, it, it kind of gets big when I talk about this, like out there for a lot of people who are just listening, like I just have yeast infection, but all of those things actually play into <laughs> our sexual health, the way we view our sexual health 
from pain to pleasure. It could be, you know, because of, med- you know, the differences in medical racism. It could be because we have access to cleaner water, food, et cetera, because of socioeconomic position. It's, it's so, mm-hmm. so many things. You know, we do a ton of work for sex workers because you know, first oldest profession, uh, there is the highest amount of strip clubs per capita in Portland, Oregon. So we have a ton of fun stripper sex worker friends who have always been big fran- fans and big supporters of the ba- brand. So that's really important to us. So yeah, I mean, the bureaucratic systems that lay heavy on our, our hand are very real for us. It's really hard for us to advertise. Like the other day we got some ads taken down for our probiotic. It was a hand holding a probiotic jar, pretty benign, all things considered. And they said it was taken down for nudity. And we're just like, why, you know, it's so silly. Um, We can't, you know, we can't use words like vagina because they think it's pornographic and, and, you know, mm. following our ad will be an ad for penises and erectile dysfunction, but our yeast infe- infection medication like can't be advertised. So yeah, there's so many, so many systems. And so it does make, there's pretty big barrier to entry in terms of brand awareness. Yeah. It's so frustrating. You're not the only, like so many brands have exactly the same issue where they're being shadow banned and social media won't accept it when it seems fine if you've got a penis, but vulvas, vaginas are out of the question. Totally. Um, I wanted to talk to you about all the good work you're doing with the brand. You touched on the sex workers there my particular favorite. Uh, I saw your merch. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) So what started that? So what is the what is the process that you do? Because there's lots of ways that you're rallying funds for different causes. And you're selling the merchandise for the cupcake girls. So tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, well, like I said, we just like, you know, we were thinking about how we address sexual health and sex education holistically. And we know so many people, especially young folks, their first like real expansive, um, I don't actually, you can't really, really say that, but like view of sex is through pornography, like, and the porn industry, there's, you know, that's a whole separate conversation, but we need to be having and, and pushing for one inclusive sex education, but two ethical porn consumption and the understanding of what porn actually is. Is it real? Is it fantasy? What is being shown? What is not right? Like, you know, the use of condoms should be more widely spread so that people can understand uh, what it means to have an STI or how you get it, like how you get pregnant. All of these things need to be a little bit more baked in. So we really thought it was very important to uh, bring that to our platform and talk about porn and talk about ethical porn and talk about sex education as it pertains to like the youngest generations that are consuming it, right? Like we address everything from puberty to menopause and beyond. So this was really one of the first steps. And then, of course, because we're in Portland and, you know, I have a very large community of sex worker friends, be it in Brooklyn, where I live, or again, near our warehouse manufacturing, it's always been really important. Beyond that, so during the pandemic and how we really got involved um, in a more serious way, when the U.S. released the CARES Act, which was the act that, you know, gave Americans whatever, a couple thousand dollars back during the pandemic to help boost the economy, et cetera, sex workers were not included in that. Um, And sex workers continually Mm. are not included in legislation that protects them, that keeps them, uh, you know, financially able and stable to do business in banks, et cetera, et cetera. So we really wanted to find 
a way to help them ourselves. So we put together the Support Your Local Sex Worker campaign. Um, We have a ton of education on sex workers, whether it's like farm to table porn, what it means to support uh, small independent porn creators, or like how to safely and ethically hire a sex worker, right? A lot of people don't know how to do that and and what to do and why they might, right? We might have people who are interested in kink and fantasy and we do a ton of aftercare in the like BDSM world. And that's when people are like, well, I really want to try this, but I don't know how and I don't know who to do it with and blah, blah, blah. Hire a sex worker, mm-hmm. you know, like someone who understands what safe BDSM should be, what uh, consent looks like, et cetera. Like they are professionals and that is the point. So um, we continue to launch this campaign. Um, we actually have new art coming out for it very soon, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, and yeah, hundred percent of the proceeds go back to the cupcake girls, which is, um, a national nonprofit that helps pay and directly support sex workers. Um, and even victims of sex trafficking, there's, there's a very different conversation there, but um, yeah, they're really, really great organization. They're able to house people, clothe people, feed people, you know, they, give them uh, legal support, things like that. So we we love them. And the mugs look great. The support your local sex worker mugs. I love them. <laughs> you know, I'm, I always want to see like some kind of like stuffy white man holding a support your local sex worker yes. mug. Or like, you know, just like someone who you wouldn't expect yes. it. And I'm like, yeah. What a brilliant thing to be able to do as well, to be able to support people, like you said, in the local community, manufacturing and where you live and, you know, So my last question would be, if you could have a time machine and it could take you back to that day in front of that spa, knowing all the things that it's inspired, would you stop yourself from going in there or would you would you allow it to happen? You know, that's so interesting. There's so much personal grief that surrounds that incident and the physical like labor of it all sure is difficult, but I would not change my life for anything in this world. I felt like I couldn't have made up this career. If you would have asked me a decade Mm. ago, I was working in beauty as a photographer and, and, and I still shoot all of the Momotaro content and it's such a big part of how we connect with people. Um, And then I've always been really interested in plant medicine and my mom, my mom was an activist. Like she's someone who I remember as a child, vote with your dollars. Or like we were making signs for environment marches when I was a child. And so like all of those pieces really play into what we're able to do with Momotaro. And it's really given me voice and purpose that I didn't have before. And even six years in through a pandemic, through challenging economic times, I'm more passionate than ever. I, I, I'm inherently stubborn and very excited about what Momotaro will do in the future because the sky's the limit. Like we really are aiming to be able to show up even just next to your monostat, next to your azoles, those, those things on the feminine care aisle, just as a plant-based alternative. We don't have to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and Western medicine and antibiotics are still important in so many cases but there is, a, there's another option. There's a first line of defense. You know, there's, there's so much more than we've been given. And I'm just happy to be able to do that. And it's also so great to see. I always think when you see branding um, and people using pictures with different bodies, different sizes, different shapes, different colors. And I've, you know, all your branding is 
various amount of different of diversity. So it's always great to have that kind of voice adding to brands and adding to how we can advertise towards people. So it's always great to see. Where can people find you if they want to get more information? Yeah, we are very active digitally. Um, you know, you can find us um, on our Instagram, which is Love Momotaro, which you can link. Um, also, our website is momotaroapotheca.com. I always tell people, too, if you're new to the brand and you have questions, uh, we have a chat bot, um, but it's not a bot. It's a real human being, which is very cool. So if you have any actual questions, everything from your symptoms to your latest breakup like you know message us <laughs> like, we're really, really accessible and we have a very uh, very personal touch with this brand um, no one works here that doesn't have hasn't experienced something related to this so we're really just passionate about helping people and getting them options that will you know provide relief hopefully Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay Wynn. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. I have once again delved into the biggest fun bags in Metro history. Last week, I asked you for your orgasm stories. Weird ones, strong ones, wrong ones, ones that got away. And what a can of worms that opened. <laughs> Uh, Rosie, she slipped into my Insta to say I had a client who always made an excuse not to orgasm when we were having sex. He'd say he had cramp, stop and immediately get dressed. He was a regular, so he kept coming back. So I know that it wasn't my vagina that was the problem. Rosie, how intriguing. Maybe he made a kind of pact that he wouldn't come during an appointment. Ooh, I'd love to know. Uh, Jolie says, I think I had a cervix orgasm. Now, for those playing along at home, that was a chat that we had with Mangler Holland a few weeks back. Go and listen to it. Um, she says, I still remember it. I didn't do anything special, but it was definitely what. I will always remember. I'll definitely be looking at how to have more now. Oh, isn't that nice? We've been able to put a name to a orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Clifton, uh, they said in my Insta stories, ruined orgasms, my favourite. I just love leaving my subs in Antissi. Oh, Clifton. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, <laughs> next week, I'll be getting practical advice on how anyone can start swinging. So I want to know your swinging tales. Did you find paradise amongst the pampas grass and pineapples? And do you have any of your own advice for newbies? Tell me all. It's that Miranda Kane on Instagram, where you can slide into my DMs or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I be Miranda Kane. Smut Drop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you are enjoying this weekly shot of bad medicine, please leave me a nice review. And in the meantime, I'll be back to prick up your ears next week. But remember, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me. 